0: Imagine you're a podcaster ready to record your latest episode. The microphone is hot and the computer is recording. You have pages of notes in your hand, but then you hear it. From behind the computer monitor, it slowly creeps. Its small black head peeks around the corner. It's a cat named Amanda, and you quickly realize the recording will have to wait because Amanda demands attention. You ask yourself, why are cats so strange? And that's the question I ask on the 171st episode of Sunday Morning Coffee with Jeff. Coffee with Jeff.
1: Coffee, coffee with Jeff. Coffee with Jeff. Coffee.
0: Sunday, it's time for coffee, and I am Jeff Kelly, your host and storyteller. How are all of you today? Well, it's time for the local weather report. It's cold in the low 30s, which isn't bad, considering what Chicagoland has gone through recently. I'll take it. My dogs love it. They get to go for walks again. You know, tribalism in humans always confuses me. It seems that people need to choose sides, pick a team, join a club, whatever. Like in Chicago, we have two baseball franchises, the Cubs and the White Sox. Sports fans insist you pick one and hate the other. I've had people tell me you can't root for both. It's the same in politics. Whether you pick the right or the left, you need to defend that side no matter what. Right or wrong doesn't matter. You're on this or that team and that is that. In both sports and politics, read the comments you find on social media and you can see what I mean. We're always asked to choose, you know, Coke or Pepsi, apples or oranges, SpaceX or Virgin Galactic, Miller Lite or Bud Light, neither thank you, VHS or Beta, Mac or PC, books or movies, Beatles or Stones, Simpsons or Family Guy, Star Trek or Star Wars, Munsters or Adams Family, DC or Marvel, Mike or Joel, Coffee or Tea, Electric or Acoustic, The Original or The Remake. Clint or Ron Howard, Laser Jays, and, of course, Cat or Dog. People are always asking, are you a cat or a dog person? I mean, what? I have to pick one? I will say that my dogs never look at me with that judgmental face that my cat does. Or that what's wrong with you look she has when I try to get her to play. Dogs are just happy to be alive. Cats... I'm never quite sure what they're thinking. In my early days, I would have considered myself a dog person, but these days I realize it doesn't matter. I refuse to pick sides. But I will say that dogs are simple and cats are confusing. So I'm going to take a sip of my coffee and tell you a few things I learned about cats.
1: This podcast is part of the SciCon Network. You can support this podcast and others like it by becoming a subscriber at patreon.com forward slash That's C-S-I-C-O-N. A link can be found on the Coffee with Jeff website. Just a dollar or two is all it takes to keep these podcasts going. Thank you for your support.
0: I'm Scott Mattis, live in Hernando, Mississippi, where there's been spottings of a cougar And that's not it. That looks like a house cat, Uh, but we're just feet away from where a local man rolled his cell phone video on what some say is a cougar. I'll be right back with a live report. Robert J. Vogel wrote, A dog is a man's best friend. A cat is a cat's best friend. I know what dogs are. Dogs are descendants of wolves. That probably started when wolves began hanging around humans for food. And our primitive ancestors liked having wolves around for protection and warmth. Those that were friendly got more food and were able to breed more often. Over time, the wolves began to lose their aggression and their features started to soften. It was selective breeding. And it didn't take long for people to learn that they could selectively breed wolves into many shapes and sizes. And because of that, I've got to walk a miniature dachshund, a dog that couldn't be farther away from a wolf, every weekend. I began to wonder, what are house cats descended from? A lion, a cougar, a panther? It turns out that the domesticated cat is descended from the African wildcat. We'll get into that in a minute. But there are other questions I was interested in, like, why are cats so psychotic? What makes them so weird? You always know where you stand with a dog. Anytime, day or night, I can walk over to my dogs and rub their bellies, and instantly they're in a state of nirvana. Dogs are just happy to be alive. It doesn't seem to be that way with cats. Our cat is named Amanda, and I will refer back to her once in a while. The thing about Amanda... If I try to pet her when she isn't asking for it, I get a look like, What the hell are you doing? Leave me alone. She will drive me crazy trying to get her dinner. She will follow me all over the house, meowing over and over again. She'll jump into my lap and rub her face all over mine while purring so loud, I'm surprised the neighbors don't think an earthquake. Finally, I grab a can of cat food and fill up her dish. Amanda takes one glance at the meal and walks away as if saying, Nope, not today. And what's going on when she suddenly jumps up and runs across the living room down the hallway as if life depended on her getting back to the back bedroom in five-tenths of a second? Sometimes I get the feeling that the human-cat relationship isn't one of master and pet, but more of a partnership. The joke is that people don't train cats, cats train people. I like to think that's a little bit of both, but maybe that's just my pride talking. It's hard to say how many cats there are in the world. Estimates range from 220 million to 600 million or more. It's hard to say because no one really knows how many feral cats are living out there in the wild. Cats are the most popular pet in the world. In the United States, more homes own dogs than cats, but cats per household are higher than that of dogs. According to the American Veterinary Medical Association, 36.5% of households own dogs, while 30.4% of households own cats. Yet there are over 47 million pet cats as opposed to 70 million dogs. In other words, most people who own cats own more than one. Here's a little fact about cats. To be a domesticated house cat, kittens need to be in contact with humans as soon as they are born. If cats grow to adulthood in about 5 or 6 months, Without human contact, they will be feral and probably never trust people. It becomes almost impossible to create a relationship with a feral cat. The history of the house cat may have begun as early as 10,000 years ago. On the island of Cyprus, a jawbone of a cat was found in a home dating back 8,000 years, indicating that it might have been a pet. Even before that, graves have been found with humans who were buried with cats. Some think that this domestication goes back 12,000 years, but most agree that the real story of the human-feline relationship began about 4,000 years ago in Egypt, back when farming was introduced. The storing of grain brought mice, rats, and other rodents, and that was a big problem. It was the African wildcat that came to the rescue. The African wildcat looks very similar to many of today's domesticated cats, only slightly bigger. It was great for the Egyptians, who welcomed the cats, and an alliance between the two were soon formed. Eventually, people began letting cats into their homes, and they were even worshipped by the Egyptians. Now, the relationship between the Egyptians and cats could be a whole episode within itself, but it was the cats' hunting instinct that served the humans so well. During the Black Plague, areas with cats fared a bit better because cats ate the rats that had the fleas that carried the disease. The thing about cats is they were never really domesticated like dogs. When I look at my dachshund, I see no connection to its wolf ancestors. But a cat never lost their catness. You can see a cheetah sneaking through the plains in Africa, and you can see similarities to the house cat. The look in their eyes, the way their long, thin body moves, smooth and with purpose. The reason for this difference between cats and dogs is probably because dogs were bred for work a long time ago, as early as 30,000 years. Cats have only been bred for about the last 200, and not for work, just for looks. And let me tell you, there are some strange-looking cats out there. Many scientists believe that since domesticated cats these days are not required to hunt over the next century or sooner, this will be bred out of them. It might have already happened to our cat Amanda. We've had mice in our home. Her effort in hunting them for us can only be classified as a disappointment, to say the least. One of the first features one notices in a cat is their long, thin, amazingly flexible body. And it all begins with the backbone. It goes from its neck to the end of its tail. The discs between its vertebrae are thicker than most animals, and the connections between the bones are looser, which allows them to be very bendy. Cats were able to twist and bend in almost unreal ways. When Amanda was younger, we had this toy, a stick a couple of feet long with a string at one end. At the end of the string was a feather. We would wave it over the cat's head, and she would jump almost two feet in the air in an attempt to grab it. As we passed it over the cat to her backside... Somehow, while she was still in the air, she would twist and bend, almost like she was rubber, to turn herself 180 degrees, and then she would land facing the opposite direction. Cats are natural acrobats. Their long, thin body and natural balance lets them walk on even the most thinnest of surfaces, like a tightrope walker. They can jump with powerful hind legs to almost four times their body length, and their landing is cushioned by fluid between the joints. And as we all know, cats always land on their feet. That is because they have a built-in gyroscope in their ears and that lets them always know which way is up. And it's that ability to contort their bodies that lets them get their feet down for landing. Even a cat's walk is like a belly dancer. This is because cats walk on their toes, which gives, it extra, which gives it extra speed and agility. What also adds to the smoothness of their walk is their shoulder. Their collarbone is free-floating and their shoulder blades aren't attached to the rest of the skeleton. They are held in place by ligaments and muscles. This enables the shoulder to move freely. And the flexibility of the muscles acts like a spring or bungee cord, which accounts for their astonishing jumping ability about three or four times its own height. Their muscles are designed for a quick burst of speed. House cats can reach a speed of 30 miles an hour, but only for very short distances. If they were in a track meet, cats would be sprinters, not marathon runners. With fewer facial muscles than other animals, they can sometimes look clueless or disinterested in things. But cats use their whole body to communicate, Their posture, their ears, head and tail are all used. The most obvious, of course, is their tail. If it's up, it means they're happy and approachable. But unlike dogs, when it wags, that means they're agitated. Have you ever stared right into a cat's eyes? This is not a good idea because cats interpret a direct stare as an act of aggression. When you do look directly at a cat, you should slowly blink. This will let the animal know you're not a threat. Here's another cat fact. Cats never do more than they have to, so they spend a lot of time sleeping. Some sleep as much as 18 hours a day. What a life, am I right? Cats also use odor as a language. Cats' sense of smell is about 14 times more sensitive than that of humans. The scent from their body and their urine is very important since cats are very territorial. They have scent glands all over their body, even in their claws. When a cat takes its claws to your new expensive sofa, they are marking it as theirs. Even their rubbing is marking their territory. And don't get me even started on a cat's spray. And it's not only to mark their territory as theirs, but also to keep a check with those who are sharing their territory. Cats can tell the difference in odor from a strange cat to one that's a friend. When a cat smells a scent that's not theirs, it might be, oh, that's Bob, and Bob is okay, and they will stay calm. Or there's the, who the F is that, and they will get aggressive. Even from the day they are born, this sense of smell is important to their survival. Their eyes stay shut for at least a week after they're born, and their ears don't work either. So their survival is all dependent on smell. It's the only way they can find their mother's milk. Cats begin learning as soon as they're born. What appears to be playing is a lesson in hunting. When they are playing, their brains release chemicals that make them feel happy, and this keeps them playing, which keeps them learning. The color and the markings of a cat have a function as well, or at least it did when they were wild animals. Lighter, solid color cats are grass hunters. Spotted cats are forest predators who hunt at dawn and dusk. Did you know that in the world of the big cats, there are those that roar and those that purr? No cat can do both. House cats are purrs. In general, purring lets you know that a cat is content. I know my cat Amanda purrs like crazy when she's hungry. The sound comes from their vocal cords vibrating up to 150 times per second. But there's more to a cat's purring than contentment. Those vibrations run through their whole body, and it is thought that they strengthen bones and even help repair fractures. Here's another cat fact. In general, cats don't use their meow to communicate with other cats. The meow is just a kitten response for their mothers. When they grow to adulthood, they stop meowing. But in domestic cats, they learn to use this meow to get what they want from their humans. There are different types of meows depending on what the cat is trying to communicate. Some believe this works on us because this meow is a similar frequency to that of a baby crying. House cats are meat eaters that prefer their food very warm, about the same temperature as the meat would be in an animal right after a kill. Though we feed Amanda food right out of the refrigerator and she seems to be fine with it when she wants to eat. Cats by nature are meat eaters. Also, cats' mouths aren't designed to chew. Their teeth are designed only for breaking up the food. Their stomach can handle breaking down these small chunks. And their stomach acid can also handle most bacteria. That's why cats can eat food that has been left out for long periods of time. The reason for this is that cats in the wild might feast on the same animal for days on end. And of course, they have remarkable hearing. They can hear things that humans can't. Sounds too high for our ears. The reason for this might be to hear the squeak of a mouse. And what's the deal with those weird eyes cats have? Ever notice how unusual their pupils are? While most animals, including the big cats, have round pupils, small cats have vertical pupils. The reason for this is cats are ambush predators. They like to wait and pounce on their prey when it gets close. And these vertical pupils are best for judging distances as they strike. And of course, they have incredible night vision. They can see about six times better than humans can in low light because they have six to eight times more rod cells than us. If you think about it, there's a pattern here. Every inch of a cat's body seems to be created to hunt, kill, and eat. Even their whiskers are part of their senses. These whiskers are highly sensitive hairs with about 200 nerves at the base. Current research indicates that these whiskers do more than judge distance, but they are also used to create a mental picture. They can make their way through a completely dark area, using their whiskers to detect precise location, size, and textures of objects. Because cats are solitary animals, they have remarkable problem-solving skills, over twice that of a dog. Here's another cat fact. Did you know that the face of the teddy bear was designed to look more like a kitten than a bear? And now enough about what cats are. Let's have a cat story. There are two islands off the coast of Japan, Aoshima Island and Tashirohima Island. Both are referred to as Cat Island. You see, each island, centuries ago, brought cats into the land to deal with the problem of rodents. On Tashirohima, they raised silkworms for textiles, and mice were coming in and eating the worms. So, like I said, they brought in cats to help, and it worked. On each island, the cats solved the mice problem. But the cats were left unchecked and unneutered, and soon the people of the islands had a cat problem. Over the years, the population of humans on both islands have dwindled, and the cat populations have grown. The cats outnumber the people like six to one. A fisherman on Oshima Island, Mr. Kenimoto, catches extra fish to give to the cats who swarm to his boat when he arrives back at the dock. The residents of the islands have to keep their doors locked to keep the cats out. It seems that these days, most residents, the few remaining on these islands, have embraced the cats, and they attract tons of tourists every year. But what's really odd about what's going on is cats have always been thought to be solitary animals. But since there's so many on these islands, they're starting to work in gangs. Female cats help each other give birth and share in the raising and nursing of the kittens. It's changed the way biologists think of cats. Before this, it was thought that lions were the only social cats. But it seems that in the right conditions, Domestic cats can also live as social animals. Anyway, if you go to YouTube and search Cat Island Japan, there are plenty of videos and it's pretty amusing. Check them out. Here's another cat fact. Cats cannot taste sweet things. Due to a defective gene, cats will never enjoy a Kit Kat bar. I suppose a podcast about cats couldn't be complete without mentioning the crazy cat lady. You know, a lady whose whole house is just filled with cats? I saw a video on YouTube of a lady called Linnea Latenzo. She had 11,000 felines living in her house, and in her life she's had more than 28,000 cats. She lives in California, and her home is more of a cat sanctuary. You can find a lot of stories about women who live with a lot of cats, but it's just not women. There was one of a man, 58 years old Chris Artenalt, who, according to the New York Post, has over 300 cats living in his home. He's been offering sanctuary to lost kittens ever since the death of his son. But I don't think either of these people qualify as what is referred to as crazy cat ladies. We think of a woman who has a small house and more cats than she can handle. And the cats don't get cleaned up after properly. Yeah, stories like that do exist, but but not for today's podcast. Now, one last cat fact before we end. And that's cats can stay hydrated on seawater. It's true. Cats' kidneys are so efficient they can filter out the salt of water and use the H2O for hydration. Okay, one more cat fact. There are about a hundred cats roaming Disneyland. They are there to help with the mice. Hmm, I wonder how Mickey feels about that. These cats are all neutered, spayed, vaccinated, and tagged. They are fed and given veterinary care, and generally they are taken care of by the staff. And one more thing before I go. Um, Through all my research, reading tons of stories on the internet, and watching a lot of documentaries about cats, through all this research, I was never able to determine just why my cat's such a psycho. Well, I guess that's one of those mysteries better left unsolved. Nine Lives presents Morris.
1: Look, Morris, a darling kitty.
0: If that's a cat, I'm a
1: bald eagle. That's no cat. Cats look dignified. Want some din-din-deer? Cats are also finicky. Some Nine Lives? Nine lives. Super supper? How about tuna? Rich red Nine Lives tuna. Nine lives. Nutritious foods cats really like. Even Morris. Nine lives could make a stuffed cat hungry. (laughs) Has anybody got a match? Thanks! Now I can light an old goal and listen to The Sad Sack!
0: A little bit before I go. I don't know if this is a common thing with domestic cats, but our cat, Amanda, has this bizarre talent to make herself comfortable on my lap just as I'm planning to get up. Really, it's weird. I'll be watching TV and think, next commercial break, I'm going to grab another cup of coffee. Fifteen seconds before that commercial break, Amanda climbs on my lap and almost instantly falls asleep. It happens all the time, and for some reason, I feel guilty about waking her up. Cats, am I right, folks? (laughs) Maybe sometime in the distant future, I'll do one of these on dogs. It might be fun to learn why some of these strange breeds were created. Anyway, how about we mosey on over to the ending credits? You know how I keep talking about our Patreon page? I do that because the money we get from Patreon is the only way we can keep our podcasts going. You can be one of the good people to keep us afloat by visiting psycon.fm At CSICON, and looking for the Patreon link at the top. Every dollar you contribute is a big help, and a sincere thanks to everybody who already supports the show. Speaking of SciCon, why not go to virtual website and check out a few of our other shows? You'll find quite a few amazing podcasts. Again, that's scicon.fm. You know, you can email me at coffeewithjeff at gmail.com for any reason, you can also follow me on Twitter. My name on Twitter is Coffee with Jeff, all one word, and I have a Coffee with Jeff Facebook page you're invited to join. I accept story ideas at any one of these places. If you want to support the show but you don't have the coin, and I understand that, then just go over to iTunes and leave a review or a few stars. That type of thing really helps the show's popularity. And remember, links to the sources that I use to write today's story can be found at Psycon's Coffee with Jeff page for this episode. I'd like to thank Brecky Tomlinson for having this podcast on the Psycon Network. To my wife of 34 years for being my wife of 34 years. David Metzger for designing the Coffee with Jeff logo. Kelly Rickert for writing and performing the Coffee with Jeff theme. And to all of you who listen to the show every week, thank you so much. And a special shout out to all those that repost this on Facebook and Twitter. You have a special place in my heart. I'll be back in two weeks with something. I don't know what that is yet because I haven't decided. Bye.
1: Coffee with Jeff Coffee Coffee with Jeff Coffee with Jeff Coffee Coffee with Jeff I once knew a man who used to drink his coffee black he once tried it with some cream Didn't like it, now he never looks back Coffee, coffee with Jeff Coffee, 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 with Jeff. coffee with Jeff Coffee with Jeff Coffee, coffee with Jeff Dawn of just new day. Coffee with just coffee or coffee with just coffee or coffee with just. Coffee with coffee with Years go by and life's filled with change. Sometimes your plans get real. Some coffee with you. Coffee. Coffee.